Next on BYU Sports Nation, going inside the football depth chart, it's all fluid. Let's go inside Husky camp with Hartford current beat writer Desmond Connor. Plus, Blaine Fowler returns in game form for game week. The one thing that has to happen for BYU football to avoid another Virginia. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation rolls on on your radio, TV, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, August, excuse me. Yes, it is a Tuesday. It's Tuesday and it is August. It yeah. felt like a, ga- a game. We don't have games on Monday, and so I called a soccer game last night, so it doesn't feel like you, a Tuesday. You can't go up against Family Home. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> oh, they did last It is Tuesday, August 26th. I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with future BYU Sports Nation broadcaster Hall of Famer, Jerem Jordan. At some point, if we have a Hall of Fame, that is pretty full of hubris. You're welcome. Wherever and however you're dialed <laughs> in, great to have you with us. We have come a very, very, very long way in the countdown. And now it stands at just 72 hours. Countdown to Connecticut. Three days away. Oh, my. I'm so excited. I can't wait. You're going to be there. That's going to be great. Let it soak in, BYU Sports Nation. Three days away. On a plane tomorrow to East Hartford, Connecticut. I got an update from at McMinn5. One of our BYUSN super fans who is in Hartford right now says the weather report looks fabulous. Good. Good, because I don't want to change what I have planned for the pregame show. <laughs> when the Texas game happened, it was like, throw everything out the window. We got to talk about the weather yeah, all for that two week hours. long preparation you've done. Yeah. Nope, we're not going there. For you uh, TV people, we floated a lot of things on the rundown. You floated. You also floated around the stadium in the ring. Yeah, I was stuck <laughs> with stuck with the fans underneath some, I don't know, walkway. You were stuck with the fans. Not Do you want to apologize to them on. right now? <laughs> I, they were stuck oh, too. I had to be with the fans. They were stuck I'm just too. Kidding. I know. I know. Wrong verb. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Join our conversation twenty four seven using the hashtag BYUSN with today's Twitter question. If Which any is, of you still like me and don't hate me, stuck with that. the fans. What's your biggest takeaway from the BYU depth chart? Use the hashtag BYUSN uh, at Keegs thirty two. Biggest takeaway from the depth chart. Kind of like preseason poll. Broncos says it will probably change by Friday. We're going to delve into that knee deep uh, about where the biggest changes might happen. What position? Knee deep into the depth chart. I like what you did there. Yes. Was that purposeful? In-depth chart. At Eric Biggert says, biggest takeaway is that it's just week one at UConn. Injuries, suspensions, make it completely irrelevant come Texas. I imagine Jamal Mm, Williams. Not not irrelevant. Not irrelevant, but yeah. It's quite relevant. Jamal Williams and Devon Blackman, I anticipate, will be on the two deep for Texas. It hurts me to look at the two deep and not see Blackman. uh, I don't know if we'd see Blackman if he was healthy, honestly. I think that he needs to learn the playbook more. Uh, Jamal Williams and Nick Kurtz not on there. It's like, ooh, that's maximum capacity. You just never quite get that. It's football. You get hurt. Stuff happens. Absolutely. BYU Sports Nation simulcast in beautiful radio vision. How that works? Well, we're on BYU Radio, and you can watch the radio show on BYU TV in high definition. Rise and shout, my friends. Three days away, and it's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Depth chart 
in depth. I'd rather have one deep than two deep, put it that way, but we have two deep and an oar right now. So I'd love one of those oars or two or three to come off by Friday, if possible. So again, I'd be leery of the two deep and say, man, that's Monday's depth chart, the 25th. <laughs> I'm not promising that's going to be Friday night's depth chart. We finally get the depth chart, the two deep, only to find out from Bronco it's already outdated. What? And has probably changed in a few places. Are you and serious? could change more today, tomorrow, and on Friday. It's an entirely fluid situation three days away from Yukon. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. But I'm telling you, there's some uh, and a large indication of the personnel that BYU has and anticipates to start. It could change. It's not going to be a wholesale change. They're going to pick their spots and a couple, there'll be a couple changes. But for the most part, that's who BYU is going to start. We noted the oars, and you heard Bronco. Is Bronco playing Settlers of Catan? Bring up the oars in yesterday's two deep. Stop it. Let me explain. Need some brick and some sheep. On, on the, the current foot BOI football depth chart exist six different scenarios where this guy will start or this guy will start. Wouldn't that have been fun uh, you know, at BYU when you dated to treat it that way? I've I got, will marry this girl. This girl or <laughs> this girl. I don't know. Thursday and it's then Friday. It's all fluid. It could change by Friday. Yeah, that'd be awesome. The most likely place for the oars to get taken away is on the offensive line. Yes. Now, from left guard to right tackle, really all five positions kind of up uh, for grab. Well, four of them. Four of the five. Louis Lapuajo is the left tackle. He's okay. the only one of the five that doesn't have an oar next to his name. That is nuts. The other four positions are or. The starting nod could go with some very capable freshmen, namely center T. John Caroma. Listen to this. I would, um, so again, from whenever I approved that, which I don't remember when I approved it, a very good chance it could have changed already. And so the chance that T. John isn't the starting center probably will be. Um, so crap, it might change again tomorrow or the next day. We've got two more practices. <laughs> So with T. John Karoma wow. and a true freshman at center and Ului Lapuaho, who is a mission freshman, as dubbed by Brandon Gurney of Deseret News. I love that phrase, by the way. Mission freshman. I'm using it. BYU could legitimately have three freshmen starting on the offensive line. Tuni Kanuch is the or at right guard. Brayden Kersley, a sophomore, or Tuni Kanuch. The most hyped lineman in BYU history who hasn't played yet. I can't wait to see him play. I'm legitimately excited. Freshman in the two deep might be the storyline out of yesterday. There are so many young guys that could see the field against UConn on Friday. Yeah, it's interesting. In fact, there's some on the defensive side of the ball as well, which brings us to the stat of the day, yo. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Give it to the people, Jerem. Seven, there are seven freshmen in BYU's two deep. We mentioned three on offense, all on the offensive line. Defensively, right end, Tanner Baldery. I believe that's how you say it. I haven't heard otherwise. Baldery? Baldery? Baldery. Uh, Sam Linebacker, the backup, Fred Warner, Kyle Vanoy Light. The Will, Michael Lisa, or Troy Hines. Hines, a mission freshman. Then the fourth, boundary corner, Jordan Prater. Seven Four freshmen backups on defense. Seven freshmen overall on the two deep right now. I don't know if. I can ever remember a time where there were seven freshmen in a Bronco Mendenhall BYU two deep. It's interesting. I, in fact, I went through and uh, went through all the two deep on offense and defense. And if a guy was a senior, I gave him four points. 
uh, junior three, sophomore two, freshman one, to try and just get the average of the offense and the defense, just to gauge that number. Offense came out to 2.8. Okay. Defense, 2.6. So offense, a little more experience than the defense in terms of, and, and that's not to say they've played more or anything like that, just what year are they in school? Yeah, so the 2.8 is leaning towards. This is not GPAs. Year, year three of, so a junior. Yeah. More, yeah, close to a junior. But the defense, sophomore little, a little bit half. younger. Yeah, sophomore, yeah that's, yeah. that's interesting. Now, the secondary also presents some interesting questions in the depth chart. Not so much as fre- which freshman will play or start, but Rob Daniel and Jordan Johnson didn't run with the ones for the majority of fall camp, yet when you look at the two deep, those are the guys on top. They're clearly the best corners BYU has. They are. Well, if they're listed at the top of the two deep, does that mean they're going to start against UConn? Bronco was asked about that yesterday. They're really good players, and they're really experienced players. And so, again, anything that happens internally in the program, I don't always share, as you know. And so that's the way I plan to keep it. I would love them both to be able to start. We aren't going to speculate, but from what Bronco said right there, it's kind of like, okay, well, obviously he wants his best players to play, but... Dot, 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 right? Yeah. Okay, let's look at the backups. Uh Field corner, Michael Davis, the sophomore, who started, I believe, one game last year against Notre Dame. Bob Daniel got uh, sick. And then the boundary corner, Jordan Prater, a freshman. So a sophomore, talented, but hasn't played a ton. Michael Davis, I think he's a rising star. Next year, I bet he's a starter at corner. Maybe this year. And Michael or uh, Jordan Prater are the backups. So there it is. I, we won't know ultimately until <laughs> kickoff or the first defensive series What's going to happen? Because Bronco intends to keep it all internal, which he has the right to do as the head coach of BYU football. Sometimes players <laughs> tend to uh, throw, some, press throw some diversions yeah. and hold their own press conferences via social media. But Bronco would like to keep those things internal. And so the, our job is not to be, to be like, well, this could happen. And th-. You know what? We're just going to go with what's in front of us. And right now, Rob Daniel and Jordan Johnson it's are on Bob, the two deep. Bob Daniel. Oh, sorry, Bob Daniel. Or Bobby. (laughs) What the heck, Bobby? It'll be interesting to see if if they can play and if they will play in the season opener. Freshman dominating on the two deep in a way that I cannot remember for BYU football. Seven listed on the BYU two deep. That's really impressive. Kind of frightening, but really exciting. Isn't it weird that we're not talking about Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman at all? This camp like, man, who's going to run play? You just you just know, hey, Alani Fua might be the face of the D, maybe Bronson Kafusi. Cody Hoffman, you've got Jordan Leslie stepping in, who I think will surpass Hoffman's numbers from last year. Granted, Hoffman uh, was injured in the Virginia game and then was suspended for the Middle Tennessee game. And so I, I just think it's inter- interesting that two of the best you've ever had at those positions, we're not even chatting about them very much. Yeah. Confident in these people. Who's the next Kyle Van Noy at BYU? Who's the Fred guy? Fred Warner. Yeah. Who's, who's, the, who's the defensive star this year? Alani Fua? What's your biggest takeaway from the BYU depth chart? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At J.M. Matson, the number of ors stick out to me. I believe there are nine total. If your twos and threes are neck and neck, it is a sign of true depth and continued competition. Depth has been used a lot this fall camp. That, De- that might be the buzzword. It's my t- maybe it's the most overrated word in football. Depth. I, we'll see. Like... You don't want to use your depth. I don't want depth. I just want starters that stay healthy. Health. 
Maybe that should be the new buzzword. Health. Yeah, like in Spanish when someone sneezes. They say, health, instead of excuse me. Maybe <laughs> we need to start saying that here. At Kurtz 91 So many you. new faces will get opportunities to see the field this year. Big expectations for the future. It's a little scary to have new guys on the field, right? Because it's like, wait, what can they do? Certain guys you're excited about. There's a, there's a little hype to that. You're ex- like, who are you most excited to see that's a newcomer? Jordan Leslie, uh, you know, Keanu Nelson. Like, which of these guys? I don't know. It's Fred Warner, Zach Stout's back. Like, we haven't really seen him. The, throwing these guys out there, I'm excited to see them. I, I hope that they deliver at the level that we kind of expect or, or beyond. Newcomers, uh, it's, a, it's fun, but a little scary in the first game, right? Let's get to one more tweet. At JN Whiting, three freshmen on offensive line is really scary, which just echoes what we were talking about, but great for the future. What's funny is... Well, I, I want greatness now and the future. Can we have both? Yeah. Phil Steele. I hope so. The funny thing is Phil Steele, he based his whole on the returning offensive line thing on, like, well, they've Michael got so Yek, many games coming back. Yeah, and- Kafu Matthews, ton of experience. Not going to play. Kafu hurt his ankle, not in the two deep. Yek broke a toe. Matthews, nowhere to be seen. New guys. Let's go. Let's go. Ramp it up. Next guy in line. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we'll give you the rest of the headlines, and we go inside the lines for some UConn Huskies football talk with someone from East Hartford. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, live as live can be. From Studio B at BYU Broadcasting, follow the show on Twitter if you don't already, at BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday afternoon, we had a great pre-production meeting with our talent for the Countdown to Kickoff show. Friday, 6 Eastern on BYU TV. I can't wait. It's the funnest thing we do all year. It's fantastic. Uh, so join, uh, join that. You can show up uh, if you want, 8 and up, to be in the studio audience as well. Friday, 4 Mountain Time, uh, local time. Also, Tuesday, a week from today, September 2nd, if you're local, go to the Lavelle Edwards Stadium at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We're doing a music video shoot. Do you like music? With Fictionist, a local awesome band uh, that's touring nationally with Neon Trees uh, in a little bit. We're going to shoot a new open to Countdown to Kickoff with them. We need people and lots of you. So next Tuesday, September 2nd, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, show up at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and hang out and be in a music video. It's going to be awesome. Wear blue or white. Yeah, well, yep, yep. Bring some water, hang out, come hang out. Bring a board game, you know, whatever. If you wear red, <laughs> you will be turned away at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair and awesome. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, what is your biggest takeaway from the BYU Too Deep in football? At ETWWTDM. Wow, I, I, that was really good. That was a lot of letters. I like seeing so many underclassmen in there. Hashtag future is bright. That's kind of been the, I guess, the undertone of uh, hey, all we'll, of our responses. Hey, we'll see with the young guys. Like, go out there and perform. You know, that, does that say something about the upperclassmen? Does that say something about the underclassmen that are performing well? We'll see. BYU and UConn kick off in three days. We have counted down from January 2nd, and we are almost there. To help us understand the UConn football program and where they're headed right now, we welcome in Desmond Connor, sports writer for the Hartford Current. Desmond, what's the biggest thing you've noticed from Bob Diaco, brand-new head coach at UConn, as he comes in and takes over now? What's the biggest change that you've seen in his first year? Well, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, 
Uh, I'd say the biggest thing is just the. Um, I think the guys have, uh, the players have bought into what the with uh, Diaco and the staff are selling. You know, in terms of you know things like focusing on your body. You know, being being in position to finish at the end of the game. Focusing on the things that. Um, uh, that uh, you know, you want to reverse the things that cause you to lose games. Not not have those things happen. Um, uh, more attention to detail, uh, caring for each other more. Um, those kind of things, being more of a family. I think those those are the things that I notice the more notice the most. And those things can can lead to to winning. Obviously, you need very talented players um, to do some of that. But those things those are those are winning things. I loved some of your tweets about Casey Cochran uh, the past few days, most notably the Boba Fett tattoo, the mullet, and then saying that BYU plays in an incredible conference. I don't know if he knows they're independent. What can you tell us about Casey Cochran, the most interesting man in the world? Uh, the most interesting man in the world. I don't know, the guy from Dos Equis might yeah, have exactly. something to say about that. <laughs> exactly. but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, um, I think he's comfortable. I, th- I think what you're seeing is a guy who's comfortable with where he is. He's comfortable in his skin. He's comfortable in being a leader of the team. Um, and I think he's just, you know, expressing himself the way uh, Casey Cochran would do that. I think, you know, a lot of people are kind of surprised to seeing that. But he's, you know, he's he's his own guy, you know, when it when it comes to that stuff. But really, you know, he he's he's still a leader. That's that's what he's most respected for. And his the thing with the hair and the and the tattoo. He was hoping that uh, it, it didn't attract a lot of attention, but obviously it did when you got people like me taking pictures of that stuff. All the time. <laughs> but, but why? But, uh, Boba Fett. Of all, if, if I'm going and, Star Wars tattoo, I'm not going Boba Fett. Hey, and he had to tell me who that was. I've never seen Star Wars. You've never seen Star I, Wars? Yes, I know. I know. Oh, I have Desmond. to see it. I know. I'm a little bit behind here. Just Please go and watch Star Wars <laughs> as soon as you can. Uh, before Friday, right? <laughs> I might get a quiz on it, but no. But uh, no. But the, the thing that stands out the most, more than the hair and the tattoo, is that this guy is a leader, and the team respected him for that. You know, probably more, not probably, but really more than the other two quarterbacks who were in competition for the job, and that's why he won it. Desmond Connor of the Hartford Current joining us on BYU Sports Nation, the UConn beat writer in his 10th season covering the Huskies. There is the undertone or perhaps overtone of two quarterbacks potentially playing for UConn. If Cochran is the starter, is there any chance that he won't play the entire game against BYU? Yeah, I think there's a, a very good chance of that. I think they, I think they're really, I think they're really married to playing two guys in the game. You know how much? I don't think we know that yet. I think the, I think the opponent is going to dictate that. But I think they're, I think they're just locked in on playing two guys. The saying is, when you have two, you have none, right? So does Connecticut have a quarterback? <laughs> that, I've heard that saying before. I, I've, I've heard that. Um, I think in this case, though, you've got guys who have played. Um, and they bring different things to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both accurate. Um, I think Casey's a little bit more accurate. Uh, Chandler's a little bit more mobile, and I think that's that may be you know the reason why he why why you may see him a little bit. But that's not all that he does. I mean, he can. I mean, he's gotten better at throwing on the run, um, the short and mid range stuff. Um, he he he's gotten better at so. Um, and, he, and he throws a good long ball, too. So I think they, they do different things um, to where, you know, it can help get the team down the field. And I, don't, I mean, we're, we're going to see if that's actually going to happen in a game. Yeah. 
but but they they do have qualities that that can help move the ball. But we're just going to have to see how it plays out against somebody else. Chandler Whitmer is a senior, and Casey Cochran is a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Cochran is a sophomore is now the the starter, mm-hmm. and then Whitmer has been dubbed the key backup. Is there right. any drama about the older guy not being the guy in East Hartford? Uh, not really. Um, you know why? Because I think people saw the way Casey finished up the year uh, last year, winning three out of four, and I think they saw the way Chandler started off the year, um, you know, with the interception issue that he had, you know, uh uh, the year before, I mean, he had he had more interceptions than he had touchdown passes the first year he was here, and so I think anybody who's watching that certainly wants to see something out of that position where that that kind of stuff is not happening. And so I think the last four games, you had three guys, you know, have, go through four games last year, and and Casey was three out of four, and his interceptions were the lowest. So. I think you know if you can keep the ball out of the other team's hands, I, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna get much of a much of a stink about that. So I think most people are happy, you know, with Casey in the spot. But I think people know too that that Chandler's gotten a little bit better. Um, supposedly, has gotten a little bit better with that stuff, and um, he can be just, just as dangerous throwing the ball as Casey is when he's in the game. Well, the good news is there's a thousand-yard receiver to throw to, Jeremy Davis. Mm-hmm. Can he take over a game? You know what? He um that's a good question and I think there's going to be some situations where he's going to have to. I think we saw a little bit of his ability to do that towards the end of the season, especially that last game. Um but I think his his game has grown so much that he's working towards that kind of uh that kind of thing. And it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be surprising to me if if he ends up, you know, being the guy in that situation a few times. Joining us now on BYU Sports Nation, Desmond Connor, the UConn beat writer for the Hartford Current. What would a win over BYU mean for Connecticut and Bob Diaco in his first year as head coach? Oh, it'd be a great start, you know, right out of the box. You know, you're talking about a, you know, a first-time head coach who has worked with a team that was um, three and nine last year, five and seven twice the two years before that. You know, working with that team for nine months, changing things around and, and beating a traditional power like BYU, I mean, that would be tremendous for the program. I know, you know, some of these predictions that are out there would have to change. I know that. Um, um, you know, for for me, I mean, I, I picked them. I thought they were – I have them scribbled in as seven and five. But if you if – you, you know, if you start off the year with a win over BYU, then that's got to come off the table because they'd probably be on fire and, and – um, you know, ready to play some of these other games that'll be just as challenging for them. Desmond, how does Connecticut beat BYU? Well, I mean, it. it I think it better be defensively, and that's going to be. I mean, and that's where the challenge is going to lie. But I think if that's, I think if that's going to happen on Friday night, that's going to be the way um, that they do it. And UConn's got experience over there, but I don't think they've seen. You know anything like BYU here um, uh, in a while? I mean, even 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 Michigan didn't. Even when Michigan was here uh, last year, I don't think they came in. You know, posing this kind of threat offensively that uh, that BYU does. Is is the defense the strength of the team? And, absolutely, and who- yeah, absolutely. Um, up front, they're strong and they have depth there. Um, the corners are strong and the safeties are are very good. Um, the linebackers are um, they they've played 
Um, all you know, those guys have experience there, but as far as going through a whole year starting all and all of that, they don't. Um, they're not across the board strong with that. But those guys have played; they have experience. And I mean, you know, Diaco is a linebackers coach, and you know, Vincent Brown, the All Pro line, the All Pro uh, up with the Patriots, is the uh, is a linebackers coach. So those guys are coming along. They're going to have a really good test um, to see how far they've come along uh, on Friday night. Who's the best player? The one guy that everyone in BYU Sports Nation needs to know about on defense that on we defense. should be aware of. Well, I mean, I I think the most talented guy over there, um, and and probably uh, one of the most talented guys in the league um, is uh, is the safety Obi Melifonwu. He's incredible talent, uh, speed, power, uh, high football IQ. Uh, just an incredible, uh, I don't want to say incredible, but he's got, he, he's got some things about him um, to be, you know, a redshirt sophomore. Um, that is pretty impressive for him. And he's got the body 6'3", 210. He's a talent. He's, he's, he's the guy, I would say, on defense. That's the name you need to know. What, what will Connecticut do that might surprise BYU in the game? Um, I'm I'm gonna guess this one. I I think you I think you're gonna see some balance on offense. I mean, UConn has the reputation of being a, a power running you know football team. I mean, they 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 haven't been able to do that the the past you know three years. And I know they want to get to get back to doing that up here. But but I think they're gonna I think they're gonna throw the ball more than we've seen. I think you're gonna see I think you're gonna see good balance um, on the offensive side of the ball. Desmond, we appreciate the insight to the UConn Huskies and implore you, invite you to go and experience Star Wars so that you can connect with Casey Cochran on a whole new level. Just watch episodes four, five, and six. Four, five, don't, and six. don't worry about one, two, three. Yeah, watch the old ones. Watch the old ones. Watch the old ones. So one, two, three. So one, two, three, four, five, and six. So four, five, six. Four, five, six. Yep. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get them all in by Friday, but I Just might be able to get in. one in. Four get, in. Four. Boba Fett doesn't come in until, what, the end of five, maybe six, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Desmond, we appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. You got it. Desmond right. Connor of the Hartford Current beat writer for the Yukon Huskies. Someone hasn't seen Star Wars? How cool is that guy's job considering yeah. basketball and the national championships that he gets to cover? Uh, that's the main thing he covers. Football's yeah. on the side. Yeah, we win national championships in basketball. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, how does BYU avoid a Virginia-type debacle opener ah! in 2014? Other than not have a monsoon, Blaine Fowler sounds off. He'll join us next. <laughs> and install a new offense have an, and have a new quarterback. <laughs> this is Michael Lisa, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. BYU Radio, BYU TV, that's how we roll. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. Can you imagine somebody listening to the show like 10 years ago? We're like, hey, download the podcast and subscribe to the RSS feed. And people were like, what in the world is he talking about? RSS? Is that like a ship or something? What is that? (laughs) Hey, next Friday, not this Friday, but next Friday, September 5th, we'll be in the BYU store for a two-hour edition of the show, 12 to 2 Eastern time. If you're local, come hang out with us. If not, you got a two-hour edition of the show. We're pumped. Big Big game day that day as well. Women's volleyball against Washington. Likely a top 10 matchup. And then the next day, BYU at Texas, yo. 
Thus far, we've gone in-depth with the BYU football depth chart that was released yesterday. Bronco Mendenhall then came out and said, well, I can't even remember when I released it, so it's all fluid and can change today. What if it was like 10 minutes before Friday. and you just forgot? <laughs> this is really fresh. In fact, the paper's warm. Sorry. Then we would be in trouble. Don't bury the lead, dude. What's the lead? BYU announces new tailgating options for the 2014 season. They're combining the RV lot and the regular tailgating parking lot. It's going to be right in front of our building, the BYU Broadcasting Building, Lot 20. We're pumped to have the tailgaters there. Save us some brisket. I'm telling brisket. you, at Big Uncle Pooh, I'm coming out there, and I would love some brisket, brother. <laughs> Before We're here all day. That's the second time we've mentioned brisket from at Big Uncle Pooh brisket! this week. Three days away from UConn. Joining us now me lobbying on to the get phone, some... Blaine Fowler, BYU National Champion, quarterback, Dual threat analyst for BYU TV Sports. The man does it all. Blaine, our Twitter question today is, once you saw the depth chart, what was your biggest takeaway from it yesterday? Well, if, if it stays as is, I think on the offensive line, they sent a huge message to us that they really did put an emphasis on aggressiveness and mean, nasty mentality, and they valued that more than they valued experience. And, and I think that that's... That tells you exactly where they're at. They, they were not happy with the way they performed, especially in the red zone, um, especially on third and short and fourth and short with knocking people off the ball. And they said, you know what, we're gonna go with, we'll go with some young guys because they're the nasty guys, and that's who we're going to go with. It's interesting to see that you could possibly have three freshmen in that offensive line. Most notably, uh, left tackle, the blind side on a right-handed quarterback, Ului Lapuahu. We talked about him a lot on signing day, Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, you know, freaked out about him. I was like, wow, this is interesting. Uh, he won the starting job at left tackle. BYU expects big things from him, don't they, Blaine? Yeah, and he's, he's got good feet. He's long at 6'7", where, where he can get out on a linebacker that's coming. I mean, they, for a guy as young as he is, usually the footwork and the technique to play left tackle takes some time. But, but I'll tell you, he's looked good, and he's got that nasty edge about him that we've been talking about since last season. You know, we talked last season, it was kind of a missing thing on that offensive line. Where's the one guy that could, could raise the aggressive, or, or I shouldn't say aggressive, the aggression level of that offensive line? And, and I think that they put a line together that is going to be more aggressive. And we, we thought maybe that would be Tuni Kanuch, and, and we see him on the depth chart as an either-or. And so, and so they're also feeling the same way about Lapawaho, that, that, that they can be some big nasties that will get it done. And, uh, yeah, youth didn't matter, evidently. It was, it was about who's going to be physical and who's going to get it done. And they may have some growing pains with missed assignments, but they'd rather have guys out there on the field that are getting after it than guys that have experience. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Blaine, if there were one thing that BYU could do at UConn, to avoid a Virginia-type debacle, and we're taking the monsoon out of this. I know that's hard to do because it played such a huge role in last year's season opening game. But if there's one thing that BYU has to do to get a win at UConn, what is it? Well, the, the most important thing is going to be to take care of the football, which, which I'll be, I believe they will do with a now veteran quarterback in Kaysom Hill. Usually that falls on the quarterback. Now, you can have running backs fumble the football and receivers tip the ball up in the air, but but bottom line is when you have a veteran quarterback, you turn the ball over less. And so they, they need to make sure that, that they don't have a real lopsided turnover margin battle. Because I believe that if you went 22 positions across the board, that BYU is going to be better in probably 70% of those positions. So they should win this ballgame. 
that's that's a higher percentage than I would have given them against Virginia last year. If you would have gone all 22 of the starters on offense and defense, I'd say BYU was probably better in 60 to 65% of the positions. Virginia gets five-star athletes. UConn doesn't get five-star athletes, and, and I think that BYU is a better football team. So the great equalizer in football is turnover margin, and I think that if BYU takes care of the football, they're going to be in good shape. And then – can I give you a 1A, Spencer? Can I give you a 1 and no. a 1A? That's yes, one. No. I will allow it. No. Don't listen to Jerem. I will allow it. No. Okay, that's why I asked Jerem, <laughs> because Spencer, Jerem is a nice, experienced guy, and Spencer's like these young, aggressive guys. You know, he's, just, <laughs> he's, he's not putting up with anything. He's like, no, you cannot do it. So, so my 1A is, there is the one position where UConn is really good, and, and their guy would start at BYU hands down is Jeremy Davis, at wide receiver. Yeah. So, so, so the other thing you can't do is you can't give up two or three big-time plays over the top. And not necessarily over the top, because he's capable of running by you and getting a big play. And then he's also capable of catching a three-yard ball, making two people miss, and going 70 yards for a touchdown. So, so the combination of turnover margin and then just making sure that Jeremy Davis is held in, in check and he doesn't get some big plays that swing momentum for that team at home. So that's one and one A for me. Thank you, Spencer, for allowing me to go one. You are welcome, It's Blaine. actually one and two, but whatever. Uh, no, Jer- it's one A. Have <laughs> you been hanging around with these young offensive linemen? You're acting all like all tough guys. Yeah, I've been lifting with them. It's been fantastic. No, no, I haven't. Uh, Jeremy Davis is interesting because he had 71 catches but only three touchdowns. I, that stuck out to me. But why? Okay, I'm a huge fan of overlooking certain opponents like Houston last year. I said 17-plus. <laughs> it was a one-point game. Why won't BYU beat UConn by 17-plus? Why wouldn't they? It, it would be exactly what we just talked about. And Or if there's a monsoon. I, I talked to uh, Dave McCann, <laughs> who, who, checked, who checked on the weather for us uh, with our good buddy Eubank. Everybody is. And, and so it looks like it's going to be just a nice night back there. It'll, it'll be hot and humid, but sure it it'll is. just be a nice night back there. So, so barring a monsoon, um, I, you know, I think that BYU will live up to potential. And and I think it's exactly the same thing. The way UConn stays in the ball game is those is those two things that we talked about. And I don't think that BYU is going to overlook them because they're going to look at Virginia. Brock has talked about Virginia. He hasn't said the exact words we overlooked them, but – but he did talk about focus, and, and maybe part of that focus was getting taken on and off the field multiple times during that game because of the weather. But, but he felt like they, they were not focused for the full ball game back there, and that was why they lost. Well, I think he has the attention of, of this yeah. team this year, and I think they're going to go back, and they're not going to look forward to Texas. I mean, the big risk is that UConn's going to look forward to Stony Brook. You know? <laughs> And then Boise State, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stony Brook, oh man, they're they got, overlooking they BYU got, uh, for Stony Brook. They got Johnson and Smith. I mean, those guys are awesome. Davis, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, and that, that's the big. If UConn looks past BYU to Stony Brook, they're really going to be. <laughs> Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Stony Sports Brook. Nation. Oh man, you are a college football expert, indeed, my friend. A hey, BYU football. The, the word around camp has been depth, and it's probably overused and overhyped. But what is the strongest position group in terms of depth on BYU's too deep? Do you feel, Blaine? Well, I would have said wide receiver, but there's some you know some guys nicked, nicked up. I say Nick, Nick Kurtz. <laughs> nicked up. Yeah, yeah get it. They're nicked up, and so so. But that is it's still a deep deep group. When when you got guys like uh, Ross Poe that's that's backing up, uh, and Keanu Nelson backing up. Uh, I, you know, I think this is a good group. You know, Mitch Matthews, Kurt Henderson, Jordan Leslie, Ross, Keanu. That is a really, really talented. Taron Houck. Colt, this is 
This is as deep as I believe BYU's ever been at wide receiver. BYU's had great front-line two or three guys at times, but to be that deep and to think that Nick Kurtz is is out and we're still talking about that that quality of depth at wide receiver, uh, I think that Taysom is going to have a lot of targets to throw the football to. In the end, I, I think that Jordan Leslie is going to end up being his top target this year. Um, but but I think that there's enough depth that he can just read the defense and not worry about who's lined up where and just deliver the football to the right spot, and he's going to be confident that he's got guys that can catch and do great things with it. Yeah, exactly. I think that BYU, with the skill positions, is extremely confident. You talk about youth. It's on the O-line a little bit. It's not with the skill positions, the quarterback, the receivers, the running backs. Aside from Algernon Brown as a sophomore, you're looking at a lot of juniors and seniors. Trey Dye may be in the mix at freshman. But I'm with you. I think that Jordan Leslie, in this game and the season, ends up being the top target for Taysom Hill and that BYU fans immediately know who this guy is after game one. Yeah, the thing I was most impressed with as we watched him was that he didn't seem to miss a beat in picking up the offense. And that tells you not only was he experienced, but he was a student of the game. Yeah. So, so he came in. And during his time at UTEP, he obviously understood the whole concept of the passing game because he looked at what BYU was doing. He immediately understood where he was supposed to be and how where he was in the concept of the whole play worked. He's in the right spots. He's running good routes. He's not dropping the football. He understands changes when the defense is changing, you know, the adjustments that they're making. And so here's a veteran football player that wasn't just a guy that just learned what his route was at UTEP. He understood the full concept of why he was running that route, and I think that that really helped him. I, I knew I was going to be impressed with his physical capabilities. He was a big-time player at UTEP last year. But I, I've been most impressed with his knowledge of football and the way he's picked up BYU's offense so quickly. And now Taysom Hill has a ton of confidence in him. Joining us on BYU Sports Nation, former national champion quarterback Blaine Fowler, our dual threat analyst, BYU TV Sports. We just talked to Desmond Connor of the Hartford Current. He's the UConn beat writer. And he said that UConn is married to the idea of playing two quarterbacks. Blaine, I cannot recall any team ever benefiting from a two quarterback situation consistently. What? I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one, Spencer. How okay. About- how about Leak Robbie Bosco and, and Blaine Tebow. Fowler? How about Leak and Tebow in Florida for a national championship? But it was situation. Tebow was like yeah. a goal line guy. It was situational. I mean, yeah, yeah. But there was it was it was a consistent two quarterback system, and and they had different roles. But but I agree with you. Two guys that are not that they're not dissimilar. They're they're very similar. I, Cochran is maybe a stronger, more physical athlete. He's younger as a sophomore. And and the bottom line is, they didn't win a lot of games last year, and they were three and one when he played. To me, that right there tells you a story. He probably ought to get the majority of the reps. But what that tells me is, is they're not sure. They're really not sure who the guy should be. And, and so, you know, so what do they do? They give them both playing time. And, and I, I can't imagine that they really are long, long-term committed to that. They're committed to that until somebody really takes the reins of that position, takes over. And then I think you'll see that, uh, that Bob Diaco will settle in on somebody. But, yeah, the message that they're sending to me right now is, well, we think that this is our guy, but maybe he's not. Is uh, it a good thing? I mean, is it a good thing for BYU fans that they're playing? They're planning on playing two quarterbacks. Well, I, I think the fact that they're not confident in one is a good thing. Yes, I mean that's a that's a chink in the arm, right? You know what? If I'm trying to think through as we're getting ready for this game, advantages for UConn, and and really the only advantage I can outside of being at home is the unknown for BYU, and and that is. 
They can go study film of, of Bob Diaco's defense at Notre Dame, but they're really not sure if that's exactly what he's going to run at UConn. They, they can study the personnel for UConn, but they're really not sure who's going to be where. With, you know, so there's just so many unknowns. The BYU is going to have to be pretty basic in this ball game. They can't. They can't scout him in depth and go, hey, the same coordinators have been there the last four years. When they line up in this alignment, this is exactly what they do 95% of the time. So we're going to bring a corner blitz off the inside receiver every time they line up like that. You can't have that specific a game plan against a team where there's this many unknowns. So now you've got to rely on being better than that team and, and on being pretty basic, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You can do whatever you want on offense and pick up blitzes, but but defensively, I think we'll see a little more basic game plan than we may as the season progresses just because of the unknown. That's really the only significant advantage maybe UConn has going into this ballgame. Blaine, we thank you for the time. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and anytime you want to deliver a 1 and 1A, I would be happy to hear those. Come on, I appreciate that. See, Spencer's good to me. He's just good to me. Jerem's like... Spencer. I don't know, he's just kind of, he's become a mean guy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a producer sometimes. You've got to be the, mean. Jeremy is the, or, or uh, Jeremy is the. It's Jerome, Canuch. Blaine. Okay, it's Jerome. No. Uh, Jeremy is the Tooney Canooch of the broadcast team now. He's, okay. he's kind of Overhyped? He's, he's the edgy guy. Yeah, no, I'm just no, kidding. No, I'm, a, I'm excited for Tooney to play. Blaine, we appreciate so, the time. We can't wait to uh, see you on countdown to kick off this Friday night. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, Blaine. That, he's always Tooney really Canute, he's gonna punch me in the face if you find him. Overhyped, he's like, okay, he wants to hear that stuff. No, he, I'm, he wants to go prove it on the field. No, I'm pumped to see Tooney play. We just heard so much about him. Let's see him pancake somebody. Woo! Up next, we unveil our top five non-P5 BYU Sports Nation power rankings. You don't want to miss it. Cougars! <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic. B to the Y to the U products. Countdown to kickoffs this Friday. Woo! Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann, Brian Logan, David Nixon, here in Provo, Spencer Linton in East Hartford, Connecticut. It's Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Do not miss it. Hour-long pregame show. We'll take you to the field, yo. Spencer will give you all the latest and greatest. We need and if some- he doesn't, we'll replace him. We need something for the <laughs> desk from East Hartford. Jeremy and I yes, have a thing do. where we go on road trips. We bring back something. Jeremy brought, brought back the cheese, cheese from, from Milwaukee. From yeah, Kate, for the NCAA tournament. Kate Hansen from uh, the Olympics. From, from Russia. She gave yep. us the Matruska doll. Yep. What in the world do you get in East Hartford? If there's anybody that can tell me... Something to find in East know. Hartford. Well, Let I, me know. I have no idea. What defines Connecticut? <laughs> a, I've, I'm being told on my air a poker chip from the Mohican Sun. That plays well with Brigham Young University. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't forget, Tuesday, September 2nd, if you're anywhere near Provo, Utah, join us at Lavelle Edwards Stadium at 6 p.m. Mountain Time for a music video shoot with Fictionists. They'll be touring with Neon Trees in the future. They're really cool. They're really good. Really cool We're going to be there. Come hang out. Countdown to kickoff, a new open music video. Come and hang out with us one week from today at 6 Eastern. No, 6 Mountain. 6 Mountain. (laughs) Yeah, the Eastern doesn't matter when it's uh, an event here. I wasn't reading the script at all. What script? (laughs) Our Twitter question today. What is your biggest takeaway from the BYU football depth chart yesterday? Got great responses coming in. This one from at COT underscore BYU football that Adam Hine is going to be a stud. Is that, does Adam Hine have a legitimate shot to be the Y factor against UConn? Absolutely he does. Did one of the five pick him? 
Uh, for the you'll, have, you'll have to wait and see. Question mark? You will have to wait and see. Listen, we're beginning a new era on BYU Sports Nation today. Oh, are we? Starting now and continuing every Monday throughout the college football season, we will collaborate, put our heads together to release our original set of power rankings. Quite simply, we rank the best of the non-Power 5 teams on a weekly basis. Cue the system. It's the top five non-P5 power rankings on BYU Sports Nation. I feel like I need to like do like a... I feel, I feel like I'm in that thing you do with Captain yeah. Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Here's our preseason non-P5 top five poll. We'll start at number five and count down. It begins with Boise State. The Broncos pick to win the Mountain West Conference. They're on BYU's schedule. Bring it. Number four, another team on BYU's schedule. Houston mm. picked second by the conference. In the AAC, basically all of their skilled players and speed are back. John Children of O'Corn, the most famous nickname of any opponent that we have here. Number three, Brigham BYU. Why is it three, though? Why isn't it number one, Spencer? Oh, blue goggles. <laughs> number three. Number three, BYU. Number two, the team picked to win the American Athletic Conference. The Cincinnati Bearcats, a, a team that BYU maybe could see in the Miami Beach Bowl. Stuart Mandel earlier today tweeted that he thinks they'll play BYU in the Miami Beach Bowl. There yeah, you go. Exactly. And the number one team in our preseason non-P5 top five, Central Florida. UCF. Yep. Coming off a BCS win. Yes, they lose Blake Bortles. Yes, they lose Storm Johnson, but they return nine starters on defense. They're still good. From a team that won a BCS bowl game and won 11 football games in the regular season. So this is the BYU Sports Nation Top 5 Non-P5 Power Rankings. Every Monday we're going to spit this out the top five. This is what we've got. This is our preseason poll of the best of the rest. So here we are. And Casey Cochran, BYU plays in an incredible conference. Yes, they do. <laughs> Navy and Army are like, fantastic. The Independent Conference. Honorable mentions in this poll. Utah State, Marshall, and Fresno State. We're seriously going to do this every Monday. Top five, non-P5. Yeah, let's go. Atlanta Sports Radio host, by the way, John Frick, apparently heard that we were going to release our official poll, so he had to jump the gun and hurry and get his out. <laughs> he had BYU number one. Wow. He works in Atlanta. He's a sports radio host there. Why does he have BYU number one? I'm interested to know. Central Florida was unlisted in his poll. Yeah, unlisted. He's huh? in Atlanta. Orlando is near you. The Cougar Whip Around hits next. Did Daniel Sorensen survive the latest round of cuts by the Kansas City Chiefs? We'll update it next. Good tease. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. You know what time it is. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Oh, yeah. Cougars in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs released three more players. Not named Daniel Sorensen today Woo! to get their active roster down to 75. Best of luck to Danny this week as the Chiefs make more roster cuts to get down to the final 53 by Saturday. I think he's got Soccer. a really great shot. The Cougars' home opener at Southfield ended in a 0-0 double overtime tie against wah, wah. the Washington State Cougars, bringing BYU's record to 0-0 and 2. Okay. BYU makes its SEC Network debut against the Tennessee Volunteers on Friday at 7 Eastern. 
Women's basketball. The Cougars wrapped up their four-game run in Spain with a 66-49 win over Femini Santa Adria Club. Monday in Barcelona. That, that, that was terrible. Italian. I know. That was terrible. <laughs> Morgan Bailey led the Cougars with 14 points, two boards, two assists, two steals, with Mackenzie Morrison adding 11 points. Mick Judkins and his team returned to U.S. soil tonight. Juddy Mick Judkins. <laughs> he didn't Men's go volleyball. Taylor Sander and Team USA back in Europe. Oh, by the way, speaking of Europe, take on Germany in a friendly. That's happening in like 40 minutes. Future guests include, from East Hartford, Connecticut, Joe D'Ambrosio, the UConn play-by-play man, and we debut Michael Alisa tomorrow, our Cougar football insider. Every Wednesday, he's going to join the program and tell us all the secrets of BYU football. (laughs) What? No. No. (laughs) They're like, uh, cancel Michael Alisa right now. That that wasn't the intent of the interview that you mentioned before. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter. Dexter, help when you need it most. It goes to the BYU women's basketball team. Check out DexterLaw.com, by the way. They, they went undefeated in Spain. That's great. They beat the Barcelona 4th Ward, the Madrid 3rd Ward, and uh, the Basque 1st Ward, and, and another uh, team. What, what was the other team that you said that they beat? <laughs> I can't remember. Femini Santa Adria Club. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was like Count Dracula. They made great pizza or something. I don't know. Our Twitter question today, what's your biggest takeaway from the BYU football depth chart? you got tweets. At Divine 93 Bronco obviously has a lot of confidence in the advanced freshman, or he's trying to keep UConn on their toes. I don't think it's the latter. I'd go with the previous. Yeah. Yep. That, At, that's called the former. The former, mm-hmm. whatever. Previous. Yes. Former English. or latter. Yeah. At Y yeah. for Life, that the depth chart doesn't mean much. Let's see who yeah, does, does what during the actual game. Yeah, ultimately it's that. Hey, thanks to Desmond Connor, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. Get it together, Jerem. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Michael Reed. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Boba Fett! I just sang Saturday's Warrior.